You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Yes, yes. If you're probably wondering, yes, Tom has been fired and has been replaced by both. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Uh, Tom couldn't make it here tonight, so he called upon us to host tonight's review and preview. I'm Fonz Stafako, joined along by joined along by Johnny Montabano. Johnny, the first show together, me and you. How you feeling? How you feeling about this? Hey, Fonz, I'm doing great. It's great to be on with you. Uh, I know I was on with you and Tom a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the two of us together, I'm 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 doing great. It's great to be on. Yeah, as so always. We got a good show. We're gonna talk some. I guess I gotta talk some Yankees. I'm contractually obligated to talk about it. We'll talk about some Mets, which I don't want to. Talk about <laughs> some of the games that happened this past week, and then preview the games coming up. Hence the name, review and preview. And as per usual, you can follow us all down below on Facebook, review and preview, Instagram, review and preview, Twitter, review preview one, Anchor, where we get your podcast, YouTube, TikTok. The whole deal. We have a bunch of shows. We have Four Corners Pro Wrestling. We have Hidden for the Cycle Baseball, Big Blue Avenue Giants, Pucking Around Hockey, Out of Line with College Football. We got it all here. We got it all here. If you want to comment along, join the show. We got it for the next hour or so. Some friendly banter here. Talk some sports. We got Mike DeZanto, my co-host of Four Corners. Mike, good evening, Mike. Go Yankees, Giants, and Rangers. Yeah, Mike, I like that. You know, see, I, you know what? Maybe you know what? Maybe Mike will have to tag in for me now because I feel like you'll get along with him. It's the Yankees, Giants. Oh, I get I get along with everybody, Fonz. You know that. <laughs> and our interim hosts, like interim champions, yes. And so, so Johnny and wrestling at AEW, there's two interim champions because the main champions couldn't be around, so they have interim. And me and Mike hate that. So yes, we're technically interim hosts for the time being. But thank you, Mike, for comments. On anybody else, you can comment all along too. Well, I like to say it's always good to come back home. That's that's what I say here with review and preview. You know, it's crazy to think that this is over eleven years old and the show still and then the show and the network are still going strong. Yeah, no, I, just, I mean Johnny, one of the OGs here, so I'm happy to be a part of this with him Absolutely. here. So we can, let's get right into this. We'll go. We'll give it up. We'll give it up for Aaron Judge. We'll give it up for Aaron Judge, who last night hit his 62nd home run against the Texas Rangers, and now that sets a new single season record in the in the AL for the most home runs johnny we were waiting for a little bit right we were thinking was he gonna do it everyone was kind of saying you know enough let's get to the record already and you know what last night you hit a bomb you finally got it johnny you think he feels a lot better about this that he finally got the monkey off his back heading into the playoffs yeah absolutely Fonz. I, I think they're i think he's relieved i think the team's relieved um you know, I was I was thinking that if he wasn't going to get it done yesterday, I don't know if he would have played today. If, mm-hmm. if really would have thought about it, because if you actually were watching that double header yesterday, uh, one of his at bats in game one, he looked like he actually was very frustrated and it looked like he was really pressing, and it made me really think that you know if he doesn't get it in game two, I, I don't know if he's going to try in game one sixty two. And when you think about it, he's played fifty five consecutive games, which 
doesn't seem like a whole lot, but for somebody like Aaron Judge, who's actually had some injury problems in his career, it definitely did seem like a lot. And it looked like he was pressing a little bit, and it looked like maybe it might have cost him a shot at the AL at the Triple Crown. Now, of course, you know, look, the the year that he's had, I mean, it's been absolutely remarkable. It's been legendary. I mean, there's so many actors you can use, but for you know, for him, for the Yankees, for baseball, this was an incredible, an incredible. Um, accomplishment and, and moment uh, for the sport last night, for sure. No, no, definitely. Everyone, Twitter was going crazy when it happened, and it finally did happen, too. And do you know this, that the fan who caught the ball, I forgot who, I think it was some some company was offering him $2 million for that ball. Now, Johnny, I got to ask you, if you were that fan out there, you caught that ball, how much money would it take for you to get that ball back? Like, to give them the ball? Like, uh, what's, the, what's the price for this? Like, I- yeah, it's, I, I got to tell you, and I'll be totally honest with you, you know, money to me doesn't, wouldn't really make me happy. I mean, maybe you want to throw in like maybe season tickets. I mean, See, that's with my schedule thinking. lifetime anyway, I don't know if it really would work out. Just maybe to meet Judge and stuff. My, my demands are low. I, I'll be honest with you. See, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, you know, listen, you can keep the money, but, you know, how about you give me some season tickets? Maybe, you know, maybe like a drink voucher for every game or something along the line, a picture with Judge, you know, get him on the show. I'll be honest with you. I would take I would take maybe like a six, maybe $100,000 because, you know what, $100,000 will make me happy. I can still do everything I wanted to do, save up. Exactly. That's that's why, and I don't want to get really personal in saying this, but that's why I don't play the lottery because, you know what, winning mm-hmm. all that money to me doesn't do anything. I, you know, I would give it to people who really need it more than I do. Mm-hmm. You know? But um, – and I thought it was really crazy too because a lot there was a lot of discussion in the past couple of weeks. You know, if you catch home runs the sixty first ball, if you catch the sixty second ball, what you're doing instead of really more of the focusing on the actual moment itself, which is just absolutely historical and legendary. Yeah. And especially because we really don't know. And fast forwarding here for a second, we don't really know if Aaron Judge is going to be back with the Yankees after this season. That's another thing people are forgetting now. People are starting to talk about it now. He broke the record. It's like, is he going to come back in pinstripes next year? That's the whole thing. The man's are, I mean, he, the Yanks offered him eight years and $230 million before the season started. And he turned it down. He gambled on himself and give him credit. It's definitely paid off. And I don't know if the Yankees are willing to go to a ninth or 10th year, considering that he is 31 years old. Um, He did come up late in his career. You know, he came up in his mid to late twenties and that's not his fault. It's not the Yankees fault. It's just the reality of the situation. So uh, if I had to gamble, if I had to make a, a prediction See you right now, Fonz. I don't think Judge comes back next year. And it's not because he doesn't want to, the Yankees don't want to. I just think there's going to be a team out there that's going to go the ninth to the tenth year. You know, I think the Mets are I think the Mets are possibly in play. I think the San Francisco Giants are definitely in play. I've even brought up the possibility of the Red Sox because it's not really like the Red Sox are going through a rebuild because they traded for Eric Hosmer at the deadline. You know, I think they're doing more of a restructure. Than yeah. a rebuild, but there are definitely some teams you can't even rule out the Dodgers, considering even though they are pretty much set at a lot of the positions as being a team as well. You know, this this Yankees, the way the Yankees are run now is different, and money is a deal is a factor, and they're tied into some big time contracts next season. Josh Donaldson at twenty three million, they've got Garrett Cole still making over thirty million, thirty six million, I think it is every year uh, for a while, and also John Carlos Stanton. So I I, I would have to say unless you know, the Yanks are willing to go that long or Judge comes down his demands. I would have to say that I don't I think this could be the last year of Judge and Pinstripes. And that's now and it's painful to say because you know, but this has happened before. I mean, if, let's go back, you know, a decade or so with Robinson Cano. The Yankees had offered him an eight year contract oh, yeah. and Seattle went to ten years. Yeah. 
and then he so it's quickly jumped over there. What's that? You said he quickly jumped over to Seattle with that extra year. That helped. Yeah, I mean, and and you see that players not only is it the money, but it's also the years. Mm-hmm. Happened nice. with Freddie Freeman this offseason. The Braves offered him for um, this this before the season. The Braves offered five for one forty, and the Dodgers went to the sixth year. They they want that stability for that extra year because you know again you don't you don't know how long you're going to be able to to play for too. you want to have that financial security for that extra year. Now you got me thinking of of judging and Mets orange and blue and now now I'm loving it now now now, <laughs> now but I will say this though too if I'm the Mets you know they need multiple I mean look look what the year they're I mean I know we're going to get to them in a moment here but they had an unbelievable year I don't know if you want to go all in on just one player I would try and spread that money out through a few other players because I mean they've got you know Pete Alonso they've got Lindor they've mm-hmm. got other they've got guys there I would be focusing more on, on multiple players instead yeah. of that one big time player. Who is on the north side of thirty? Yeah, a- absolutely. You don't want to really put all your your eggs in one basket with the, especially with the guy who judge up there in age two, which I people forget though too. Yeah, he's in he's thirty one now too, and he got called up. I thought he was younger. I keep keep forgetting that he's a little bit older. But yeah. again, we'll see. Again, give it up, give it up for Aaron Judge as a Mets fan. I will say congratulations on breaking the AL record too, and I wish you good luck heading into the playoffs. And it segues into the other New York team. Johnny. Yes. Johnny, Johnny. I say it, I say it every year. I say it every year. I tell Thomas every year. I'm always high expectations for the Mets, right? And that listen, granted, very good season. A hundred wins. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Had the division lead for a good portion of the year. Yeah, like 170 of the 180 days that of the season. Yeah. And at every end of September, heading into October spirals on down to it, 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 it listen ah. i i i know fonz i i you know i do shows as well and i've had this talk with a bunch of people over the last few days this is not a collapse though by the new york mets i i understand that they struggled a little bit down the stretch here you know they had some tough series against the, the pirates the cubs to get mm-hmm. they got swept by the cubs but if you look at how the cubs are playing down the stretch here again yeah. sometimes misleading september but you look what they did against the Nationals to close out the year. And the Nationals, I know they stink. They have 100 losses. But still, I mean, if the Mets were in total collapse mode, they would have we lost all that. those teams to the Nationals. We needed that to end, to end it at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the thing is, too, it is not like they got totally blown out by the Atlanta Braves here. Uh, mm-hmm. What really killed the Mets over the weekend was their starting pitching, but more specifically the Braves' power. It was Olsen's home run. It was Danzig Swanson hitting home runs. You know, Austin Riley. Uh, that could be the thing too. You know, we talk about power being too much of a problem thing in baseball, but it's funny with the Mets, they don't have enough power because what ultimately did the Mets in over the weekend? It was home runs. The Mets had more hits in the series, but the Braves just hit the had the home runs. And as much as I want to, I don't want to say this is a Mets class because they played for like second half of the year. There were twenty games over five hundred. You know, the Braves had to play an unbelievable clip here to to do it and i said this throughout the season the braves are just a better team if you look at them all around i mean their lineup's better than the mets their pitching staff may not be better than the mets but i think it's good enough to compete um so i i can't sit here right now and tell you that the mets collapsed and choked away this this division i just think it's the braves were just playing like the superior and much better team yeah and uh, i i i have um I have a stat here from good old uh, Kyle Russo was uh, was shared this uh, with this, but I got to pull it up here if I can find it. Um, the Mets 
we're winning division for like it was 95 percent of the year and somehow managed to come in second but i forgot it. he said this but um there was a whole stat on this too uh well, let's see uh, the Mets were actually in, in first place, according to an article I read. It was 175 days the Mets led the division. That percentage equates to 96.6% of the year they were winning the division. They still came in second. Yes. Thank you, Kyle. Sh- shout out to Kyle Russo for that one, too. Again, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to get the stats on that one. And I read that. I'm like, that really did happen, too. But And I get it. I got to be optimistic. But I guess just the past that we've had as Mets fans. I just feel it's, it's coming, you know? I, I understand that. But it uh, to me, it's different this year because it starts – really at the top with Steve Cohen, who I know the Mets didn't do a lot of the trade deadline. They didn't do enough of the deadline, but Steve Cohen, the owner definitely has brought in a different mentality. And oh, for sure, you, for sure. And you also now are heading into the wild card round on Friday with a legitimate, capable, experienced manager, which is something the Mets have not had here since Terry mm-hmm. Collins. Yeah. And Terry Collins did more with less than any other manager I've seen with the Mets. But yeah. you look at, at, show Walter what he's been able to do here from day one and the, you know, what, what he's been able to get out of it. And you look at the team this year, you know, Alonzo, another great year, Lindor in his second year, looked like the Lindor that they finally were hoping for. Jeff yeah. McNeil now won the batting title. Um, Eduardo Escobar, no struggled for a bit, but he actually put up some pretty good numbers over there this season. Really Nimmo's good. a capable, legit, uh, capable leadoff hitter out there in center. You just what you really hope for for the Mets is that Starling Marte can come back for this wild that's, card round. That's what it is for me because I'm a huge Starling Marte fan. He was very he was helpful for us when he came in. It was a good signing. Um, hasn't played for a while with I believe it was a f- uh, finger injury, and they're not sure if he's going to play in the wild card round. But he would be a huge boost if he came back on Friday too. So that that's what I'm hoping for. And like you said, the experience manager of Buck Walter. That's that's the optimism there too. It's like you know what we have the experience and the players have been playing well. It's just, you know, sometimes the, the demons of past Mets years, it can get you a little bit too, but, yeah. And you just hope that, you know, I mean, this, I don't think you can expect Jacob DeGrom to have a third straight bad start here as we get, get set for this uh, wild card series against the Padres. Uh, I don't think Max Scherzer is going to go through that again. I think Bassett will bounce back. That's what, that's the thing too, really. I mean, the fact that all three of those starters struggled over the weekend against the Braves just makes, just makes my point even more valid in that, the Braves are just a better team. And yeah. I think that those that those three guys, I don't think you can expect another turn through this rotation starting the wild card round that they're going to all struggle here. And I think they could they, go up against the Padres on Friday. I think the Mets can win this series. I absolutely do. I think it could go it could go the long way of three, but I, I think the Mets can get this done with their pitching staff. And you know what? We've talked about, you know, Daniel Vogelbach not and Darren Ruff and Tyler Naquin, the guys they brought over in the deadline, not doing much well. You and I spoke before yep. we, we started tonight. You know, if you look at the numbers da- between Daniel Vogelbach and let's say even Juan Soto, da- uh, the Vogelbach's actually produced more than so with the Mets than Soto has with the Padres. Yeah, if that's crazy to think that Vogelbach's got six homers, twenty five RBIs, and Soto's got six and six homers, sixteen RBIs. Now, could Soto do damage in this series? Yes, but I. I really think the Mets can come out because I think their their pitching staff is still going to be good enough and give them a chance to win. The the, the managerial experience, the pitching, the pitching rotation, definitely. I have a lot a lot of confidence going forward, and definitely guys like Vogelbach will definitely help us out uh, when need be. And you know, we'll get into we'll do be more baseball stuff later in the week with Hank and Dick. They were hidden for the cycle. If you want to check out more baseball stuff, you definitely check him out. His show is very good, very excellent stuff. He'll he'll have a lot of thoughts on Aaron Judge too. Probably talking about Judge. The entire show, as you know, as, <laughs> as he should, as they should, as Yankees fans. I've got to give him that. 
Uh, before we get into the week four games, too, just to quickly hear, this was announced earlier before the show went live. Cole Beasley has announced his retirement from the NFL. He had a couple of years with the Dallas Cowboys and the last three seasons prior to play with the Buffalo Bills and actually had a couple of games here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he just announced his retirement. So his career, total of 5,709 yards. It'll go along with 34 touchdowns. Always a solid slot guy for the Cowboys early on. And actually, uh, 2020 had 967 yards. That actually earned him an all-pro honor on the second team in 2020. So always a reliable slot guy. Get a couple of nice catches here and there, too. So we want to say congratulations on a good, solid career. Colby is a guy who was undrafted at SMU in 2012. Made the Cowboys roster. Had a stint with the Bills and a cup of coffee with the Buccaneers. And you know what? Enjoy a nice retirement life, Mr. Beasley. I will say that. So yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy because, you know, the injuries that the – Bucks have had mm-hmm. uh, on the receiving core, you know, makes you wonder what led to Beasley de- deciding to retire. If I'm you know, shocked I, by that. I guess the guy, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a surprise because unless you know, you tell me that Godwin and Julio Jones are going to be coming back here and being you know totally healthy. I mean, I think they needed some some depth at that receiving side. Yeah, and I thought he would want to at least try to get stay on the roster for the whole year to maybe get that Super Bowl ring that he's been trying to look for too. But you know, maybe this uh, maybe just figured you know what. My time is up here, too. And then maybe guys like Julio and Godwin are coming back healthy, and maybe he had to go sure. back out to the squad. So. Maybe the odd man out and all that. Yep. So uh, we have no idea, but, you know, congrats to Mr. Beasley. Enjoy the retirement life. You had a very good career. Undrafted, 5'8", at a SMU. Nice 10-plus uh, year career. So Not a bad not a bad career for being undrafted, for sure. That, that's that's pretty good. I would say that's a successful career. So Absolutely. let's go to some week four games. And, you know, Johnny, we'll start it. We'll start it off on the bottom. You see all the mobile games we'll talk about. I have to write in full because Tom loves it when I say it. The New York football Giants defeated the Chicago Bears 20-12. to 12. I mean, John, you're the Giants fan here. I'll let you take it away. I'll say this. The Giants uniforms, beautiful. I mean, that it's a winner. It's a winner right there just with the uniforms, right? I, I, I said they had to win the game. It's like they're automatically winning in my book with that. Oh, yeah. Game. And they were, the be- they were the better team. I mean, they had, they had more talent. I mean, the Bears are coming in here a mess. But, look, let's, let's, let's be fair here. Let's just a nice first four-week assessment in my books. And I know that uh, Tom, Hank, and Sam will have a great assessment of them tomorrow on Big Blue yeah. Avenue. But just as the resident Giant fan here, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm ecstatic because – I still, you know, I was excited with Dable coming in here, Joe Shane as well. Uh, I love Wink Martindale coming in, and not just because of the name, because I'm a huge game show fan, and, you know, Wink Martindale's a great game show host. But this Wink Martindale, Don Wink Martindale, has been fantastic and the kind of guy that the Giants needed on the defensive side. Because, um, And, you know, let's be fair. Are the Giants the most talented team on paper? No, they're not. But Brian Dable's definitely made a um, significant impact, almost like we talked about with Showalter with the Mets, you know, uh, I could say that with Dable here too, because even, you know, you look at their first game against the Titans when they're down 13, nothing in the half, you know, they make second half adjustments. They go on and they win the game. Uh, second game against Carolina better. They were the uh, better team throughout. Uh, they get that win. Uh, the Cowboy game was rough, but you know what? I think it was just, they were, they were in it, but they just didn't have the personnel to compete with the Dallas defense. And then in this one, uh, definitely th- a lot of things you like, you know, again, uh, Daniel Jones, his mobility, Daniel Jones, through the first four weeks, I will say this, because there's been a lot of discussion about his future and the Giants' future at quarterback. Is Daniel Jones the best quarterback out there? No. But what he's actually been doing is he's he's done enough to help the Giants win games. And, yes, he's made some mistakes, but he's also made some very good good plays when they needed, to, when they needed him to at the most important times, and that's really all you can ask. And also, you know, the receiving core has been kind of – uh, kind of 
risky right now. I mean, yeah. you know, they haven't really gotten much out of a bunch of these guys. I mean, David Sills has really been their best receiver, if you think about it, through the first four weeks. He's yeah. been targeted the most. You know, Kenny Galladay, while he's getting paid the most, has not really done much. And now has he's he hurt. Catch? Has he had a catch this year? I generally uh, – I, mean, I, I, I don't know if he had a, has had a catch this year. Well, he won't have one through five weeks because he's not playing – it doesn't look like he's going to play on Sunday in London. But, um, you know, Slayton's not, not been – I mean, a bunch of guys, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, Sterling Shepard just heartbreak again. Yeah. You know, not another, another knee injury, another non-contact injury for Shepard and what probably could be his last uh, – moments as a giant but uh yeah, considering the talent level around i think they've gotten the most out of this and yeah have they played teams that are not that great yeah but you know these are games the giants would have won would not have won in years past and you know what you just gotta i don't care if it's pretty i don't care what it is a win is a win it's not like college football it's not like college basketball where they look in depth into, into your games they're getting this done saquon barkley for four weeks has been great and i think it helps that yeah. the offensive line with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, who they drafted, have been great so far through the first four weeks. Defensively, they're still – I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau has not – and, and Ojolari uh, have not really been there. I mean, they, they're just coming back from injury. And, you know, once they get their full tap potential, their defense, considering the, the, the names and the talent level, has actually played pretty well. Yeah, they, that, that defense, like you said, like uh, Thibodeau and Nazari, like they – once they get back in the full swing of things, lining up with Leonard Williams, that is going to be a very scary uh, defense line. You mentioned Barkley, too. I think he leads the league in rushing. He had 31 carries, 146 yards. You know, the first two years in the league, unstoppable. Great back, one of the best backs. And the two years after, injuries, struggling behind that offensive line. Johnny, I it might be too early to, to say this, but I got to put Barkley, I got to pencil him in as comeback player of the year. Is there is that a, is there an argument for that to happen, though? If he keeps playing the way he is? After struggling a little bit last year, there's definitely, I believe, have to be a case for it. He, he, you think so far you have to. I mean, he's been healthy. He's looked very healthy. I think, you know, the offensive line helping him out too, you know, mm -hmm. doing great run blocking has definitely helped there as well. And, you know, just going back to that defense for a second, you, if you, the Giants, I mean, well, look at the whole team at first. I'll give you some numbers here through four weeks. Giants rank first in rushing yards per game, in points outside the red zone, in 10 plus yard runs, and takeaway fumbles with six and then their defense second in opposing third down percentage second in opposing red zone touchdown percentage tied for second in opposing uh inside the 30 touchdown percentage they're sixth in opponents three and outs and they're tied for ninth in points allowed again i mean this is not the most talented defense in terms of names and stuff and even leonard williams has was hurt and he missed a couple of games already I think you've got to be very, very excited. And look, they took care of business. They did what they needed to get done. And I think you've got to be ecstatic about that because now these next four games coming up here, uh, Fonz, are going to be a good test for them. You know, going across the pond to to play the Packers in London, maybe the Giants catch a break that that game's not in Lambeau Field. Mm -hmm. that, that definitely is a possibility here. But, I mean, again, you know what? It just it feels different, and I think it starts with the coaching staff and the players playing for the coach. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, like you said, the talent on paper, you think they wouldn't be at this point at three and one, but the getting of credit to the coaching staff, Brian Dable, I was a huge fan of him at Buffalo when he got hired by the Giants. I was saying, like, this is like the best hire. Look what he did with Josh Allen turning him around because remember, Josh Allen's rookie year, it was like a little bit of some questions here and there. And then he turned things around within literally his second, third year. Now he's an MVP candidate, fixes mechanics. 
Now, can he do that with Daniel Jones, making him an MVP, you know, Pro Bowl or whatnot? You know, maybe, maybe not. But you know what? Jones also looked good with his wheels, too. 68 rushing yards and two touchdowns, you know? Him yeah. and Barkley, that's a pretty good backfield. You got to give him credit for that. And I'll say this. The, the moment that I knew that I already liked Brian Dable as a coach was in the first game, in the second half of the first game, when Daniel Jones does that terrible back shoulder fade interception in the end zone. He's trying to target Barkley there, and he throws that terrible interception. And you saw on the Fox broadcast on the side uh, that they showed uh, Dable going up to Jones and saying, what are you doing with that kind of pass? And you know what? The Giants haven't had that kind of coach since Tom Coughlin. I mean, yeah. that's – it really shows itself. And these coaches the last few years that they've had have just been absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. And it definitely shows you that the coach is definitely making a big difference so far through the first four weeks. But, again, you know what? This is going to be a good test for these next four games coming up, especially going into Green Bay where we don't know exactly yet where the Giants are health-wise. We already know Kenny Galladay probably not going to play. He doesn't look like he's even going to travel to London with the uh, MCL injury. And the quarterback situation right now is – bit of a concern we don't know about daniel jones it looked like he actually took a good step today but tyrod taylor's got are dealing with concussion he's in protocol so davis webb is gonna could be a possibility to at least be back but not start Mm -hmm. i mean you're you've heard names from these guys uh, like uh jake from uh aj mccarron of oh. quarterbacks that they're working out. Oh boy! <laughs> I know, that's, uh, Karen, that's a wow! That's a name. Yeah, Jake from State from yeah. possibly. Uh, he was, he was guy. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, uh, he was a part of possibly the most embarrassing, worst moment that I've ever seen in the history of this organization. Yes, I think last I did. Year. was it against uh, at Washington football team at the time, right? Was I that the believe game? so? It was late in the season. It was like a third and nine at like their own eight or something like that, and they took that and they basically fell forward for a yard. Uh, I remember I was at a bar watching that game. People looked at me, and I just had my jaw dropped in disbelief. I would have walked out. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> yeah, um, oh. but it's definitely been a 180 so far, and we'll yeah. see what they do here against Green Bay. I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I I don't think the Giants are going to win Sunday, but I think they could definitely keep it close because Green Bay so far to me, and I know we'll get to them in a moment here, yeah. uh, I don't think they have the ability to blow any team out right now in the early going. Yeah, and like you said, we'll we'll talk more about it uh, later on with the previewing of all the games, too. So let's get to the other New York team, and then we'll get to the rest of some notable games that happened, too. Sure. Both New York teams won. The New York Jets defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-20. to Mitch, The main story here was Mitch Trubisky ended up getting benched, and the new first-round pick, Kenny Pickett, came in. And the Jets' defense picked them off three times. But I'll say this, overall, the, the Jets' offense... I got to say, looked impressive. Zach Wilson, this was his first game back from an injury. So Joe Flacco was no longer starting quarterback for him. But Zach Wilson, you know, had two picks, but had a touchdown, 253 total yards, and also had a nice uh, receiving touchdown, too. I love a good trick play, Johnny. Um, big fan it. of that, too. But, you know, overall, the Jets at two and two, they played the entire AFC North the first four weeks. I just realized that, too. Yeah. But at two and two, I got I didn't expect them to go. I honestly thought they would go one and three, possibly zero oh and four. But to go two and two against the, one of the tougher divisions of football, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. I will say, definitely. And you know, Zach Wilson, I think it was a good actually spot for him to debut against mm-hmm. the Steelers, who I definitely are not the same team without T.J. Watt for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Again, but that run defense for Pittsburgh is not that great. So I thought it was actually a very good matchup because I think they could have utilized Brees Hall a chance to utilize Brees Hall a lot. But fourth quarter of that game, you know, Wilson played very, very well and definitely led the Jets uh, to to a win in that one. And I don't think the Jets are actually that bad of a team. I think they're they in the offseason, 
you know, there was a lot of talk about them possibly being in the uh, Tyreek Hill sweepstakes, and I thought that wasn't going to be a good move. I, I like what the Jets have done here. They had, a, I think, they had a very, very good draft. I think they're building this up the right way, and they've actually got some pretty good young players on this team that if they could produce, you know, they can be a, a pretty decent team. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm not saying they're maybe going to be a 500 team, but they could definitely, uh, you know, uh, contend and be in a lot of these in the uh, in a lot of these games. Yeah, no, they, they. I would say they have to have a bright future. Like you said, with a lot of the young guys who say Brees Hall, you know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. I am a big fan of Corey Davis. He's a good veteran leader there for mm-hmm. that. He's a third receiver, and people are saying, you know, maybe paid a little bit. He's paid like a number one, but is really the number three. But you know, Davis has had a touchdown the past couple of games. A nice leader for them too. You got also Michael Carter there too, and even on the defense, Sauce Garner is looking like a very, very good pick for them at the corner slot too. But yeah, no, but like you said though too again. We're not saying playoffs, deep playoff run, but you know what? They have a nice uh, future here. And at two and two, it's a pretty good start for them. Yeah. And now they go. And I'll say this if everything worked out well, and I think it's trending towards this way, I think the Jets are better than the Patriots. I think the Patriots are the worst team in this division. They have a lot of problems. They really, yeah. I, I said that before the season started, and I, and I maintain that right now. I, I, the, I actually think the biggest question mark with the Jets now is the coach is coaching going forward here. Um, That'll be something to watch, and I know they play the Dolphins without Tua coming up in, on Sunday. But mm-hmm. I think if you're a Jet fan, first four weeks, yeah, there have been some ups and downs. But uh, as long as Wilson stays healthy, I think he they definitely have a uh, possibility to at least you know be a fun, relevant team to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. And when going we'll quickly with the Steelers too, you know, it's Pickett. It's a rough debut, but he also did have some two uh, rushing touchdowns. They were close ones too, but you know, he's a rookie again. The swing of things, we'll see what happens. There was definitely a nice spark that he definitely he brought, it. They brought him in. They definitely had a spark there in the beginning, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, they just T.J. Watt not being there is a big deal. Uh, they don't really have much on offense outside of their running back Najee Harris. So yeah, uh, and- a tough spot, and it's a really a tough spot for the next week. For Kenny Pickett to make his date is his first start. It's a really, really tough that, that, and, it's, and a tough and a tough environment too. Yeah, and I'll say, I'll say this too because another rookie there, George Pickens. You saw the second Pickett came in. Pickens just was just out. It came out of nowhere. Six catches, one hundred and two yards. A lot of Steelers fans have been saying that play Pickens more. And you know what? For fantasy football people out there, you might want to pick him up and stash him because he's he had a really good connection with Pickett. He might uh, he might make some noise in the coming weeks too. We'll, We'll see. Just gotta, just gotta throw that out there. And the next game, because I'm a Ravens fan, Johnny and I got to talk about it. Oh. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Baltimore Ravens 23 to 20. It was, it was, it was rough. And look, the first half, I was, I was giddy. I was excited. I'm like, we're looking good. Defense looking solid against a pretty good offense. We're our offense looking good against a pretty good defense. I know they don't have Micah Hyde and no Trey White. And the second half, miscues. Uh, bad calls on offense, and then at the end of the well, towards the end of the fourth quarter on fourth and goal, instead of getting the field goal with your best kicker, the best kicker of all time, yeah, you know, was... easy, easy twenty yard, maybe less than that kick, a little little boom, less than a PAT, you throw the ball until it was literally double coverage. Jordan Poyer just jumps in and grabs the pick, and I'm like, yep, here it comes. It's not going to go in overtime. They're going to. I was like, this is it. Like this is the that that's the drive down, no, and they yeah. drove down the field. Tyler Bass hits the. Hits the game-winning field goal, 0-2 at home. Hasn't happened in a while for the Ravens, and then a lot of a lot of questions surrounding with the uh, the defense and Greg Roman, the offensive play call, because they have the talent, yes, but the corners can get burned from time to time. You know, the receivers can show up one week, 
like Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and another week they don't show up till. One highlight spot is, you know, Lamar did look good from time to time, and but J.K. Dobbins fully back now, you know, playing full snap count and everything. He looked really good. I think he's going to do really well for us towards the like middle part, talent of the season. But that that hurt, man. That hurt. That hurt towards the tail end because I got to give credit to Buffalo for that one. Got to do it. Just uh, some unbelievable stats when you look at the Ravens here. I mean, the two the two losses they've had, they've trailed for 14 seconds. Uh, yeah, you were saying that before the show. I'm like, I got to let him say it because. And then even and then know. this and this was an even crazier one that I was bringing up on my other show that I do. You were, from 1996 to 2021 in games that they had a 17 point lead, they were 103. So far this season, they're in those situations. They're one and two. I mean, it's 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 just tough because if he, I mean, Lamar's playing out of his mind for the first four weeks. He was playing he's good. Really, he's playing like an MVP. Yeah, and some are saying he's better than his MVP season so far. It's only four weeks, but saying like he's like playing better than his first four weeks of his MVP season. I mean, he's definitely got motivation to do it. And considering that you know they really haven't had much out of the running back spot until you know Dobbins has come back here, uh, he's basically had to do it. You know, pretty much either with his own legs or through the air. Yeah, but you know, let's. They got the. We'll talk about it later on. But they have a Sunday night match or two against the Bengals. It's going to be the real test at home. But you know that stuff like that that hurts. That hurts those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they could they could easily be four and zero because they led at half for the Dolphins game and the Bills game, not just by like a touchdown, but a big lead. I mean, you had the 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 thing was. I mean, you had the Bills who. Arguably one of, if not the best team in the league. You yeah. had them on the ropes. You were playing them at a great time, uh, and just not being able to close it out there. I mean, those are the kind of situations. You know, also when you look at it, you know, with the Bengals, who you're probably going to be, you know, neck and neck with the entire season. I mean, that, you're going to yeah. be looking back at, at situations like this. Yeah, give it up for Tom Scavetta, by the way. Yes, yes, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Yes, Tom. Thank you for letting us host this week. We greatly appreciate it. Let's go. You can check out Tom. When he's the regular host on Review and Preview and also Big Blue Avenue, which will be around for tomorrow, talking New York Giants. So, Tom, thank you so much for commenting. And let's go to the rest of the games. We'll go, we'll go through these a little bit here and there, too. Uh, we'll say this one, the Titans, Colts 24-17. to 17. Johnny, listen, I, Tom knows the running joke I have. I don't get the AFC South at all. I really don't with this division. It's so all over the place. I don't know who's in the lead. I don't know what. They're always 500. And, like, Tom, here's the joke for you. They're always in the mix. I, I don't understand this entire division. I really, truthfully, I don't. Well, I'll sum it up. I'll sum it up for you. Please seven, do. seven and ten will win the division. <laughs> You're, guys, you think he's kidding? This is a possibility. That this I mean, is- we remember the NFC least a couple of years ago. I mean, now AFC South's going to take that another notch. The NFC East, by the way, is becoming the NFC beast this year but yeah yeah i mean i was on with tom a couple of weeks ago and tom's right in his prediction right now i mean if you look at it i think the jaguars you've got to consider them to be the favorites to win the division yeah i, I, mean, I, would, they, I would say so i mean look you go out there and beat a favorite in the, in the chargers now i know the Chargers were hurt but you still went out there and did that and they did have a 14 nothing leading and i know we're gonna get to against the eagles yeah. but so i mean they, they they are there and the the colts have a lot of problems right now the Titans, to me, I don't think are, are a good team. They're so I, that's why I think I think it's there. And the Colts have – I mean, and the uh, the Jaguars have a legitimate head coach now in Doug Peterson, which I think helps Trevor Lawrence in being another year older. Uh, Christian Kirk's helped there. Their defense has been great. They're um, getting ETN, you know, uh, Lawrence's uh, teammate over there at Clemson, I think definitely helps too. 
and you just look at these two teams. I mean, the, the Titans just don't really have – they don't really have enough on offense, I think, to be that good. Yeah. Now, I know they got Derrick Henry, but their offensive line is not that good. They don't really have much in receiving except maybe Traylon Burks, the their first-round pick. And th- that offensive line, if it's problems, and that puts more pressure on Derrick Henry and it puts yeah. a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill, which I think that was part of the problem last year, that weak offensive line forced into a lot of bad throws. But the Colts are just a disaster. You know, Matt Ryan's been awful. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has not, has not been anything near the, the the running back that he was last year. Now he's hurt and is not going to play tomorrow he's night. Out. Yeah, I, I, and it's all, I tell you, I think Frank Wright could be the first coach that's going to be fired during the season. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. But if they go there tomorrow night and they get blown out, I mean, that's that's the time to do it. You know, you gotta you got to salvage a chance. If you can win this division at seven wins and you've got the, maybe the, one of the best running backs in football, you got to go out. I mean, you got to go all in. Yeah, and on paper, like they have a, a solid roster, I would say on paper, and just for some reason, just it just doesn't come together, you know, on on the field. I it just again, Johnny, I just say I make the joke, but the AFC South, I just don't get this division. I really don't. That's yeah. why I highlight here in the notable games because I have to give my rant on it, where I just don't understand this. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> so we'll we'll. Since you mentioned the Jaguars, we'll just skip to that one. Then we'll talk about the those Seahawks lines after the Eagles defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 29 to 21. Jags had a 14-point lead after the first quarter. Now I the Jaguars, you know, they've been the, they're the favorite, I think, to win this division. I mean, <laughs> at two and two. Go figure with this. But the Eagles now at four and zero. now the only undefeated team uh remaining here. Jalen Hurts didn't have the best of games, 204 yards and a and a touch and a pick, excuse me, but had a rushing touchdown. Miles Sanders, 120. 134 yards, excuse me, and A.J. Brown, 95 yards. Let me tell you, that A.J. Brown trade, that totally completely changed their offense, too. And Jalen Hurts definitely is in the running for the MVP. I think he's definitely in the conversation, if front runner, right? I think he's looking really good. Nick Sirianni is doing an excellent job over there with Philly. I know when he first came in, people were questioning about him, but their offense looks really good. Their defense looks good with Bradbury and Slay at the probably the best corner duo, I would say, in the NFL right now. And just quickly to the, to the Jaguars. I mean, at two and two, Doug Peterson definitely has changed his culture so much in the span of a couple of weeks. Look what happened last year with Urban Meyer. The Urban Meyer era was just a disaster. Ruined the the rookie then Trevor Lawrence's momentum. But you see, he's coming back into the fold nicely here. He's looking really good. Christian Kirk has been a good acquisition for. It. I know people saying might have overpaid, but he's playing like he playing like he deserved that money. So again, they might have lost here, but I give the Jaguars a lot of credit. And the Eagles, man, they might be. You know, they might be in the running with the Bills for the best team in football. They're looking good from top to bottom. Yeah, if, that, if not the Bills, but definitely the NFC East for sh- or the NFC for sure mm-hmm. when you look at it. Um, but, yeah, it's look, Jaguars, I mean, they're, they're there. I mean, even the two losses they've had, you know, the, we, this one they were up 14 to nothing, and they were in that game against the Commanders. I mean, they had a lead yeah. late, and the Commanders scored late to, to win it. So they've been in all four of these games this year. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely the, the head coach, again, that's a situation. The head coach makes a huge difference. No, Trevor Lawrence didn't really look comfortable last year until that until week 18 against the Colts. And he's definitely come in this year and he's looked more comfortable. I think also having ETN back helps too. Because if you remember Travis ETN, his uh, teammate over there at Clemson, he got hurt in the first preseason game last year and missed the entire season. And they have a good chemistry together when they were at Clemson. So, you know, absolutely. So, and James Robinson, you know, coming back from an Achilles injury late in the season with Robinson and coming back and, you know, looks like he hasn't lost a step. And I and people were thinking he will lose touches to ETN. 
but he's playing. They both had the same amount of carries at, at eight, but they've been playing 50-50 with the splitting of the of the the ball carries here. So they're both looking really good. I love the way that they're doing that down there. Absolutely. Which is I mean, it's, it's part of it for me. You got the power back in Robinson, who also could be a good receiving back, and then you got the speedster in ETN too. So listen, they're, they're building a nice rapport there in Jacksonville. You know, again, the Urban Meyer, Meyer era. We can look back on it and laugh at it because the Doug Peterson era, I'm already liking it, even though it is in the uh, AFC South too. You know, yeah. We'll, we'll give him credit for that too. But, Johnny, this game, the Seahawks defeat the Lions 48-45. to If you like offense and if you just like nonstop scoring, ladies and gentlemen, this was, this was the game itself, just nonstop touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. Rashad Penny, two touchdowns. TJ Hawkinson, two touchdowns. Jared Goff, who would have thought? No, seriously, with, who would have thought? But And Geno Smith, who would have thought that would have been the game the game of the week if you like offense with two high-scoring teams there, too. So I, I, yeah, definitely wasn't in my pool, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, <laughs> just real quick, I'll, I'll take both teams here. The Lions, I know they're one and three. They're a fun team to watch, though. I have to tell you, yeah, I mean, they are. The, the, I think what stunk for them last week was the fact that they were really banged up. You know, uh, Ahmad St. Brown was out. Yeah. Swift, the running back, was out. They were banged up on the offensive line. Uh, their defense needs work, but there's no doubt this is this team can score. I mean, they will yeah. they will be in they will be in just about every game this year because of their offense. Defense needs some work. I mean, Jared Goff's been playing great. Seahawks to me have been one of the big biggest surprises. I think Geno Smith's been the biggest surprise so far through four yeah. weeks. I mean, <laughs> where the hell did he come from with this? <laughs> well, Fonz, think about this: before the Brown before the Broncos played their game against the Raiders on Sunday, the Seahawks put up 48 points in that game, and the Broncos entered their game scoring 44 combined through the first three weeks. That's crazy. It's it's amazing. And, you know, the Seahawks are a weird team to figure out because I don't know what exactly they were doing. I don't know if it was really a rebuild or more than a restructure, but the Seahawks, to me, you know what they're going to be this year? They're going to be one of those teams that are going to play spoiler because I don't know if they're going to yeah. be in it, but, you know, a They'll team a that's teams. trying to make a playoff that needs a big win in week 16, 15, 16, 17, and they got to go face Seattle, may even in Seattle, with that 12th man, can definitely be a spoiler for sure. Yeah, similar to what the, uh, I believe it was the Jet, like you said, we talked about before, the Jaguars did against the Colts when the Colts needed to win to get in the playoffs. The yeah. Jaguars rolled it. The Seahawks could do the exact same thing. And when, even before the season started, we thought the Seahawks would be like dead last being taken oh, I in the draft. Yeah. draft. A lot of people thinking maybe, maybe they'll get a win, a lucky win here or there, maybe the end of the season when they're resting starters too. But at two and two, with again, everybody, Geno Smith. No, he didn't get a sack. He didn't get sacked. No picks. 320 yards. That's the definition of just of where the hell did that come from? He's completing, <laughs> he's completing 77% of his passes through four weeks. I mean, Who it's, knew? It's, it, it, it's insane. I mean, Tom, it's a great question. Who are the Seahawks? Are they actually this is early season? Tom, I'll tell you, it's football. <laughs> this this year, through the first four weeks, there have been – I want to say about 25 games decided by three points or less. It was 18 going into week four. And then we had several games decided by three points again or less. When you, when you look at it, um, I, I still think the Seahawks are going to be a spoiler team. I don't know. I think they're okay. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're terrible. I mean, teams to me that, that I thought were going to be terrible actually haven't been that terrible. You know, like the Falcons, the, uh, the Texans, I mean, they've been in these games, 
I think the Bears stink. I mean, that's the only thing. Oh, well, I, I mean, we can we can kind of say that the Bears stink. Like that, that's pretty. We yeah, I mean, when when they're when they're basically playing a 1950s offense in 2022, I mean, it's it's hard to be successful. Justin Fields has only thrown 34 passes in four weeks. At least with the lines at one and three, like yeah, they're losing, but they're fun to watch. Scoring, they're fun, yeah. Right? I mean, you just they're not fun to watch, even if they're winning. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, you know what? The Lions have been rebuilding since 1957. It's it's they, it looks like you know Dan Campbell is they're actually getting something. You know Aiden Hutchinson's actually played well. Mm-hmm. Their 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 first round pick. Uh, that's a guy we actually forgot to mention. Their defense got ta- uh, that they that they drafted the Jaguars. But uh, Lions are a fun team. As far as the Seahawks, I think they're still going to be more of a spoiler than they're going to be a, competi- uh, a competitor this year. Yeah. No. Uh- Absolutely agree. And with, with the Lions, so I'll say if they can add a nice veteran here or there on the defense, that could definitely help them out too. They're they're young, but they definitely have a bright future on the defense. Their offense is looking really good too. So we'll go into the later games here. The Patriots defeated the Packers. Oh no, the Packers, excuse me, defeated the Patriots 27 to 24 in overtime. Brian Hoyer was supposed to be the starter. Well, he was. Then he got injured. Then Bailey Zappi came in too. But it wasn't enough. I mean, 99 yards and a touchdown in his professional debut. But Aaron Rodgers came in, 251 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. What is going on with New England? And you said it. You said it before. This might be the worst team in the division. Well, you said it. They and are I'm the worst team. Now, now I'm going I'm, I'm to st- stick with that. And this, it's not a knock on Mac Jones. It's a knock on the rest of the team around him. I know Mac Jones is out right now. But even if Jones was in there, I they they'd still be the same way. I mean, Bailey Zappi actually didn't play that bad, but it wasn't terrible. No, nah, it was not bad. I mean, 10 to 15, 99 yards, third, fourth string guy, probably had no practice this, that last week and yeah. has to go play at Lambeau field. I mean, he actually did it. He actually didn't play that bad. And I think it also speaks to green Bay. You know, green Bay has not been uh, that dominant through the first four weeks. Yeah. You know, they, if you look at, it, I mean, they struggled against Minnesota. Uh, they barely got past the, the bucks. And they struggled with a New England team. And yes, they got the wins. And yes, wins, like I say with the Giants, you know, a win is a win. But sometimes you have to really dig deep and and, yeah, and, really, and really see. Like this, they're three and one, but they could easily be one and three. Like they could easily within within a within a within a flip here too. And then you know, Aaron Rodgers, one of the better quarterbacks in the league too. But you know, when you your best receiver, Alan Lazard, and you have a lot of rookies here, a lot of young guys. They, they might be really missing Devontae Adams, who's balling out with the Raiders, even though the Raiders record-wise isn't good. But for him, he's balling out there. Yeah, Fonz, the problem with the Packers uh, is they're just not – they're not deep enough at the receiving core. You know, mm-hmm. when they – you lose you lose Devontae and then Alan Lazard doesn't play that first week. I mean, who's Rodgers throwing the ball to? They're just not deep there. They're not deep on, on the, in their secondary. And you saw that, how, how exposed yeah. they were, especially in that first game against the Vikings. Uh, that's why – I think this NFC North is going to go down to the final week of the season. And yeah. I I think the Vikings actually have a very good chance. They've at least closed the gap. And I wouldn't be surprised if they overtake them at the end of the year. It, it, keep an eye on that uh, NFC North uh, division race because, uh, you know, maybe the Lions could also play some spoiler here too and spoil a couple of those division games too because, you know, but not the Bears. Not, well, well, we can agree. Maybe not necessarily the Bears still. Not 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 playing 1950s football. I mean, you want to watch like you want to watch fun football like that. You go watch Army Navy at the end of the year when they when they throw maybe five passes a game. That's fun. Oh, triple option. That, <laughs> wishbone offense. I mean, that, that it works oh. there. Does not work in the NFL. Maybe you know what? If the Bears end up pulling out the wishbone formation, that's when you know it's like you know they've just given up on the entire on the entire season. I mean, I know Fields had that one great throw against the Giants on Sunday, but I mean, he's they just got he's got nothing over there. Yeah, not, best, I mean, Darnell Mooney, and that's it. 
if if they end up with one of the worst records in the league here and they're picking early in the draft, I don't know. They may look to go in a different quarterback direction, maybe a different coach direction, and maybe revamp that whole team. They they might. We'll we'll see. We'll see what the Bears do. We'll see what that nineteen fifties, forties, whatever offense do. Uh the Raiders, they finally won a game. They did 32 to 23 against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, who a lot of people penciled in as the one of the favorites in the AFC uh, to get that division or the conference title. You know, they had the Russell Wilson, the new quarterback, what they need. They've been years of looking for a quarterback, but they've been struggling at two and two. I mean, and the Raiders, hey, look, and people make the joke with the Raiders for real. I guess they're back somewhat. But Johnny, what is going on, though, with the Denver Broncos here? Nathaniel Hackett, people already called him to get his job, to get him out of there, too. Russell Wilson, now people are saying, you know, maybe he's not as good as who like we thought he was, too. You know, Javante Williams torn ACL. That's rough because I like Javante a lot, too. They got to go with Melvin Gordon. But the problem with Melvin Gordon is he fumbles a lot, too. Yeah. So now they gotta, they're going to probably go with Mike Boone and maybe find another running back in the market, too. But, yeah, this offense – you mentioned the stat before, having 44 total points. That's less than what the Seahawks did against the Lions. On paper, this offense should be scoring 30 points a week. No problem, you would think, with Wilson, Jerry Judy, Williams, and Melvin Gordon, and then even like, you know, Corlin Sutton, a bunch of these other players. You would think they would have a high scoring offense with a legit good quarterback at Wilson, but it's just not happening. Yeah, it hasn't happened, and it goes really – I mean, look, you when you're already calling for the coach after the first week of the season – Yeah, literally, that's bad. It's, and when the coach – Right? When fans are calling up the clock at the at the home opener, like going the clock, like counting it down, that's when you know it's like, oh, my God, he's going to have a rough going. And, and think about it, in this division where, you know, you're, it's so loaded, you can't afford to have those kind of games. Like, you know, with the Raiders thing, you, you know, you can't blow a 20 to nothing lead against the Cardinals – you know, you don't you don't have much room for error in this in this division. Um, but yeah, the problem the Broncos are gonna have now is now they're 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 really banged up. I mean, I, I actually think they got a favorable spot coming up on Thursday, but mm-hmm. it's uh I I think the problem though also too finds is as talented and as uh, the potential of all four teams winning the division has been there, but I don't think it's realistic that all four teams can be this good in the same year. Somebody was going to be in for a disappointment. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. it's always the one team. It does, yeah, it's just it just it can't happen because they play each other enough, and you know all the other teams. You know, you it's hard to be that good against everybody else. It's just it's difficult. So somebody's going to be in for a disappointing year, and I think both of them are definitely going to be. You know, again, Wilson, this is you know you spend your entire career in the NFC West. And then you have that that thumb injury that limits you last year, and then you're you're another year older. I mean, that's really a two. And you go in and play an entirely different system, team, yeah, environment completely. out there at Mile High. I mean, it's it it takes a while to adjust. You know, it could. It's kind of like what we talk about with the Bengals and the Rams, maybe having Super Bowl hangovers. Maybe Wilson's having kind of a not only as a hangover, but just a different change, and it takes some time to get used to. Maybe we'll see what happens. In this simple as that. Well, I couldn't have said any better. And, and that listen—that's why you're here because you, <laughs> you you tell you tell it how it is, and you get it. You get it. So the, the this last Sunday game, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Buccaneers forty-one to thirty-one. You know, I mean, look at listen, broken record. Pat Mahomes. 
good game. Travis Kelsey, great game. Running game actually surprisingly looked really well to a Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 92 yards rushing too. What's I mean, the Buccaneers though, Tom Brady, while he didn't get picked and he only he only got sacked once. But that running, that running game was not looking good. Leonard Fournette, three carries for negative three yards, and Rashad White with three carries for six yards. Tom could only do so much with the passing game, too. I mean, he's kept yeah. throwing to Mike Evans with two touchdowns, but you need to establish that that running game. And and the quote of the joke of playoff Lenny or regular season Lenny was just not looking good here. The running game was a big question here with, with the Buccaneers. And then at two and again, I didn't expect them to go two and two. I didn't expect them to be 0 and two at home. No. Did not expect that at all. It really no, definitely. And the Chiefs jump out to an early lead. And sometimes you're when you're when you fall behind early. And you're down two scores early. You almost are feeling like you're playing desperate football, so you you, you get away from the run. That that's part of it too. And I, I you know it's weird because it's just very hard to see you know a Pat Mahomes team or a Tom Brady led team have two consecutive losses. And we knew one of them was going to have that. And now yeah. you know the possibility of him losing three straight, which I don't think is going to happen. But yeah, no, I, the, look, I mean the, the thing that would actually disappoint me the most from the Bucks side in this game is their defense because the defense actually for the first three weeks had kept them in these games but Pat Mahomes just continues to play on a whole nother level and I don't think that was ever the issue with the Chiefs going into this year I think the biggest concern you had with Kansas City was going to be their defense but their defense actually has also played pretty well for the first few weeks I mean I know they gave 30, 31 points to Brady but they were really leading throughout in this one yeah I mean again give credit to the Chiefs one of the better teams in football. They were looking good. And in the last uh, the last game of week four, we will talk about before we preview, a quick little preview of all the games for week five. The 49ers, they defeated the L.A. Rams Super Bowl champions 24-9. Very weird. 24-9. No touchdowns for Matt Stafford. Jimmy Garoppolo again, you know, not going to give you the big passing stats and whatever, but can keep you in the game. Got a nice win for them. Jeff Wilson Jr. looked good. Helped me with my fantasy team, by the way. Thank you to Mr. Wilson there. I really appreciate it. And Debo, six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Looking really good. Burning past Jalen Ramsey. The Rams, I mean, they, I, I mean, two and two, Super Bowl hangover. Again, you would, again, the like Buccaneers, the Rams, all these teams at Broncos you, that were favorites to do well, to have these records at, Three and one, four and all, whatever. Sitting here at two and two. I know Stafford's playing a little hurt, but you combine that and no running game really. And your only receiving option that's doing good is Cooper Cup, 122 yards. It's guaranteed every single week. Cooper Cup will get over 100 yards. Yeah. Like your big signing on offense was Allen Robinson, who I like. I'm a fan of Allen Robinson. Week one had like one catch for 10 yards. You know, was pretty solid the following week. Now, this past week, two catches for seven yards and targeted six times. It's not just, targeted. That's the thing. He's not targeted. Yeah, it's only, but only you would think you would think like, all right, maybe that's the first quarter or something, you know? Right. This is the whole game. Yeah. The whole game. Meanwhile, Cup is targeted 19 times. Tyler Higby, 14 times. You would put, I would, Robertson's a good receiver. He's had a career where he's never had consistent quarterback play. And if he had a consistent quarterback play, he would do well. And you, you'd think you'd have that in LA. And now it's just, He's just not giving him the ball. He's talented. You paid him for it. Why not? He's not hurt or anything, which is very weird. Weird to me. The Rams, the Rams is just a very confusing team because, again, you'd think they'd be up there at the top at the division leading and they're sitting here at two and two. What's going on? Yeah. You know, it's it's like the hang, it's like the hangover. The, the Bengals went through that their early start, too. And they did. 
And I will say, actually, the Bengals and the Rams had something in common because both their quarterbacks didn't really play in the preseason because of injury. You know, yeah. uh, Burrow had the appendectomy late in training camp, so he didn't play any snaps in the preseason. We know the stories of Matt Stafford with his elbow that they were that uh, Sean McVay was talking about a lot in the offseason and his condition. And, you know, I don't care how good you are or who you are. I mean, I feel like you do need to get some reps in preseason or at least some reps in training camp, and they weren't really doing that. So I think it's going to take a while here for the Rams to find their stride. And some of the pieces that actually helped the Rams get to the big game last year – you know, uh, Whitworth retired. Uh, Odell Beckham's no longer there. And, um, you know, Van Jefferson, another guy that we haven't really heard a lot about. Um, they just, it's all, all they've really been doing is targeting Cup. That's, That's it. Really, it might take a while. And if you look at the 49ers side of things, you know, you feel awful for Trey Lance. Yeah, and, of course. But, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's definitely looks like he provided a spark. But the thing with the, the 49ers and why I think they're they're in line to win this division is their defense. I mean, it has been That's dominant. Great. I mean, it's not been good. It's not been great. It's been dominant, dominant oh, yeah. for four weeks. It's I mean, leading the way with like Nick Bosa with two sacks with these two. And it's like a weekly thing that Nick Bosa will get uh, two sacks. Secondary looks good. Fred Warner is looking like one of the top middle linebackers in the league. But that defense, listen, defense, I tell Thomas, defense wins championships. Definitely help them out. If only, as long as Garoppolo just stays, you know, pretty solid quarterback. He definitely makes a noise. And when Elijah Mitchell comes back, him and Jeff Wilson, that's a pretty good backfield. And, yeah. of course, with Debo Samuel. I mean, he's look, they paid him well-deserved. He's looking good out there, too. So. Absolutely, yep. So we'll give uh, credit there. So we, that's it, or the recapping of some Week 4 games. So, Johnny, before we get out of here, let's go take a look at all the Week 5 games. We'll do a little, quick little talk about all of them, too. Maybe we'll give a little prediction here, too. So Absolutely, yep. Let's start with the Thursday night game, Johnny. My, my nemesis AFC South team Colts will face the Broncos in Thursday night football. Oh, man. I listen, I don't know. I have the Broncos. I think this might be as close, low key, might be a snooze fest, to be honest. And, you know, there's a good chance that Frank Wright, if the Colts lose this game, I know they don't have Jonathan Taylor's announced he's out. He might be gone after this. You said it. I totally agree with that. And it's, and it's not a good matchup for the Colts here when you look at what the actual strength of the uh, Broncos defense is. It's, it's stopping the pass. And without Jonathan Taylor there, that's going to really force Matt Stafford to throw in that uh, mile high air. And the Colts used to be, are known for playing in a dome. Temperatures are expected to be in the forties there. Uh, yeah. I think this is an awful spot for the Colts. And I, I think this is actually the a good kind of matchup for the Broncos to get back on track here. I, I think the Broncos take care of this. No problem tomorrow night. Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens with the future of Frank Reich. We'll go to the London game. Make sure you set your fantasy football lineups early or late Saturday night so you don't forget. If you have a Giants or a Packer, I know some people did that with the Saints and Vikings players. I know they played against someone who forgot to do that. Uh, yeah. The Giants will go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against the Packers. The Packers are technically the home team here. Uh, Johnny, I know you were talking about it before, but you know what? I, as much as like you know, Aaron Rodgers one of the better quarterbacks. Yes, I get that, but. Giants are playing with a little bit of a spark here, and I'm liking it. And if Daniel Jones is active and he's starting and he's playing, I think there's a very good chance the Giants win this game. I know. I know. I know it's crazy, but I can totally see. If it's at anywhere, if this was at Lambeau, it might be different. But different story. Across the pond, I really think this 
might be an upset here if the Giants win this. Well, not really an upset because of Aaron Rodgers, but you know what I mean, though. But like, well, I mean, the Vegas would tell you that because I think the Packers last I checked were get were laying eight points in this game. Uh, I would definitely, okay. if I was a betting person, if Jones was if Jones is starting, that's what it is. If I Jones definitely is starting think the, yeah, I definitely think the Giants plus eight. I don't know if they win this game, but I think they definitely keep it close. This might be, you know, I've heard a lot. There's been, you know, discussion about the Giants being lucky, a lucky three and one, a, a fraudulent three and one, a fake three and one. First of all, that's a bunch of nonsense. If you watch the Giants, the first four games, they've not been lucky to be three and one. They played, they played second half of the first game. They were great. They were the better team throughout the second game. Third game, all right, a few struggles, and then this, this last week against the the the, uh, the Bears, they were the better team. So the the, the fact that they're lucky three and one is a bunch of baloney. The, the thing I will say, maybe they are lucky in that the fact this game is in London, that's what so they don't have to play at Lambeau Field. Yeah, you know, maybe they got lucky there. Okay, that's one that's one little caveat of five yeah. weeks. But uh, it depends on who's starting for the Giants. You know, that's the thing. If you're going about – if you're talking about Davis Webb, I mean, it's a very tough spot for him to be in. <laughs> I just think the thing also, though, and we've spoken about this, Fonz, I don't know if the Packers have that ability to, to blow anybody out just yet. And that's the Giants, true. like you said, are playing with a, bunch, a little bit of confidence right now. Uh, I think the Jeff they could definitely keep it close. I'm not sure if they could win it, but I definitely can see them making it a close game. And this is the first the, they've played 32 games in London. This is the first one with two teams with winning records. Are you serious? But, uh, yeah, a little bit of a fun fact because the closest one. Wait, that's was, oh my god. <laughs> well, the closest one was I think it was 2009. It was the five and three Texans and the four. I remember hearing this this morning. It was the five and three Texans against the four and four Jaguars. But now, obviously, we know both the Giants and the Packers have winning records here. The first time in this, is the 32nd game in London. Wow. Pretty remarkable when you think about it. And Giants, Packers, I mean, two historically, yeah. two historical franchises. We give London the bad games. We apologize. Yeah. We apologize for that, London. And, you know, Saints, Falcons, well, that was, a, I mean, Saints, uh, Vikings last week, that was actually a very entertaining game. Double doink at the end there with, uh, with the, with the Saints. That's how yeah. the Vikings were able to get out of there. Saints, black helmets, they look good, but not with those jerseys. You can throw it out. <laughs> they go all black, I feel like. That's just, that's again, jersey guy. I'm a little snob with that. I, <laughs> that's just what I had to say. Helmets that's, great. Doesn't go with the white jerseys and pants. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, the way, keep, that, keep, those legendary, keep those legendary jerseys, please. Really right, keep them with the, gold, with the gold helmet, but just swap. Swap. No, I'm talking about for the Giants. Oh, oh Giants! Yeah, make those, make, make those the make those the permanent uniforms for. Yeah, them. so I'm not sure if the Giants could win as of right now. I mean, it depends on who's starting, but I think they definitely can keep it inside the eight points because the way they're playing, and I don't think the, the Packers have the talent level right now to blow anybody out. Mm-hmm. So the next game here, the Steelers at the Bills, the battle of the two coldest cities heading into uh, uh the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Stadium. Ooh, I am going to go with the Bills uh, to win this one. I, I think the Bills are going to win this one. I hope so because, again, I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers too. Pickett is in a tough situation. His first career start at Buffalo in a tough environment uh, and against that defense too, which, again, no Trey White, no Micah Hyde, but Jordan Poyer is playing really well out there too. Jermaine Edmonds, really solid middle linebacker. The defensive line is very, very good from, from left to right. So, And, of course, what offense you got, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, a great connection too. We can hope that Gabe Davis – has another well has a good solid game. Let's hope that too. But I got the Bills winning this one. Yeah, I I don't think this one's going to be pretty at all. I mean, there's a reason why the Bills are a 14 point favorite. If you look at the if you look at the Vegas lines, I mean, 14. when have you ever seen a team favored by two touchdowns five weeks into the season? Never. Very very <laughs> very very rare. I mean, uh, 
yeah, I this is this could probably be a three score game. I mean, unless you think maybe a couple of garbage time scores there for Pittsburgh late fourth quarter, but this is such a tough spot. And I know Pittsburgh's schedule these next few weeks is absolutely brutal, but I mean, this is such a tough spot for them to go for Kenny Pickett to make his first pro start. Uh, yeah, you know, Bills the last two weeks haven't even played that great, and they were able to get that win last week. I think they they take it out on them in Buffalo on Sunday. I think it's like thirty one to ten. Something along those lines. I think they dominate this game on Sunday. We got the battle of two, two and two teams. The LA Chargers will be going to Cleveland. Uh, they'll be playing the Cleveland Browns here too. So I'm looking at I'm looking at ESPN. This is pretty much down the middle with the game cats matchup predictor. 50 50.3% chance the Chargers win compared to the 49.1% the Browns have. Johnny, this is like right down the middle, too. Uh both teams have some injuries here and there. The Chargers, who you would thought on paper would be a lot better. Again, another team that we mentioned too, but they all have been decimated with injuries. Yeah. And the Browns too, keeping themselves around two at, at two and two. Oh, man. I got if It, it is this close of a matchup, but I'm going to give this more towards the home team with the Browns. I, I give, again, Jacoby said is playing solid as a starter here until Deshaun Watson comes back from his suspension. Nick Chubb, one of the better running backs in the league, doing well. And Amari Cooper have a nice little revive there on the offense too. So I'm going to go with the Browns one, but this is such a close one. It's like a coin flip. This is literally a coin flip for me because I don't know which way it could go. Yeah, and the notion also is, you know, you have the West Coast team coming to the East Coast to play a 1 p.m. Eastern game. That, I think, you know, a lot of people like to point to that, but if you look at the last couple of years here, the West Coast team coming over, actually, as long as they're the better team, for the most part, they're actually winning these games more so. It really all started in the COVID year, you know, when you don't have the crowds there, so that kind of takes it away. But, if you know, usually – West Coast team coming over here and playing an early game. If you're the better team, you are. Now, I like the way the Browns are positioned because Jacoby Brissett does not have to do it really through the air. They could they could run it with Nick Chubb. They could run it with Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, Joey Bosa. I mean, I mean, Bosa being out there for uh, the Chargers is a big deal. He's out eight to ten weeks. They were reporting on Sunday, and they are pretty banged up. You know, you don't know the tolerance level for Justin Herbert there with the ribs, you know, Keenan Allen, is he going to play? I think this game will actually be close, but I still think at the end, I think the Chargers are still too good, and I think they will eat this one out. It'll probably come down to a last-second field goal or touchdown or something. It's going to be one of the closer games uh, this week. Uh, Johnny, we're going to go that much depth about it. Bears at Vikings. I think we kind of know. <laughs> I yeah, think I, I think it's two. T- I think the Vikings win by two touchdowns <laughs> yeah, easily. Just, 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 you know, just, just leave it at that. The Vikings win by two touchdowns. I mean, let's put it this way: 20, 20 plus completions for Kirk Cousins. Does Justin Fields even throw twenty passes in this game? He probably and has he, to because they're going to fall behind early. No, I, I love Minnesota in this one. Yeah, Minnesota's yeah, easily. And you know what? Yeah. Again, one o'clock game, just where Kirk Cousins shines. So that's as right. Going, so yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, that, that's the. Well, they wait. could play prime time indoors. I mean, you won't see the darkness. It'll be indoors. That's true, that's true too. That's true too. Uh, you know, that was the shortest preview of a game because we just know what's going to happen here. Uh, the Seahawks at the Saints. You know what? I'm, I guess because from the last week of the high-scoring offense, the Saints looked eh, like here and then they had some injuries, but I think the Seahawks go in there and win against New Orleans. Uh, they're listen. They're they're playing with nothing to lose. They really because again, they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to be here at, at, at two and two. They're not supposed to be this good. This high-scoring Geno Smith's not supposed to be playing this well. I think they're going to go and surprise the team, some teams. I think the Saints are one of them this week. I think they can keep it close. I think what you watch for is who's going to be starting under center for. 
the Saints? Is it, is Winston going to be coming back? Or are they going to go back to Indy Dolan? Or are they going to go back to Taysom Hill? You know, is oh, Alvin Kamara going to be there? I hope not Taysom Hill. Oh. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I mean, Andy Dolan, I think, provided a little bit of a spark because, you know, we all know the injury that James Winston's dealing with. He's got four fractures in his back. I think he's trying to be a hero and play there. Yeah, and you got, yeah, yeah. yeah he's trying to be a hero, but there's two things to that. Number one, I think you're hurting your – no pun intended. I think you're hurting your offense – more by playing injured because you don't know what you're going to do. Plus, what if you take one bad hit on that back and you could basically end your career? Yeah, out, yeah out, you got to think of outside of football. Yeah, I mean, ruin, it's a back and ruin you for the. I've seen people with bad backs. I just think about that. You know, when Jake Laser reported that on on the on Fox NFL Sunday a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Winston's out there. He's trying to be a hero. I'm like, don't don't try and be a hero when you don't even know you're going to be able to play if you take one more bad hit. Uh, as far as this game goes, Fonz, uh, I think this is going to be very, very close. I would not be surprised if Seattle does pull this one out. I mean, again, who's starting for for the uh, for the Saints this one on Sunday? But the, Seattle's definitely playing with some confidence right here. And you know what? Kind of a if you look at it, no bye week for the for the Saints coming back from from London. Yeah, that's weird. I just thought about that too. Like, well, again, there's early part of the season, but you would think that the London games after they would get a bye. That is weird. Yeah, I don't think anybody's really having that because it's not the Giants are not having that. The Packers are not having that early on. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's such a tough call. I, I would not be surprised if Seattle pulls it out. Let's let's you know let's do an upset special here. Yeah. Oh, upset! I love a good upset special. Yeah, Dolphins. Miami will be going up to uh, MetLife to play the New York. Football Jets. Can we call them the Football Jets? Because, you know, they called the Football Giants. Why yeah, not? Why not? Zach Wilson's home debut now. He's, he's going to be playing at home now. Dolphins now. Well, you know what? I forgot. I just I just realized it because Tua's not playing. I, why did I for, completely forget that? Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater is a Miami Dolphin. That offense looks completely different when Teddy's quarterback. Like, ugh, like not in a good way, too. I am I going another upset here? I think Johnny, I'm crazy. I think the Jets might win this. I I I do too. Upset special I, again, I, and the two thing, for two on upset. You know what? I'll tell you. Here's the thing. I would you know historically the Jets have really struggled these last several years with AFC East opponents, but the Dolphins have not really played as different. I mean, I don't know what kind of style of play that. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be because he hasn't really played much these last couple of years. I mean, I get the talent level from the Dolphins side of things. You know, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, you know, yeah, Mike Zeki, yeah. uh, the two running backs, Edmonds and Mosert. But it's yeah, it's I don't know. See, that's why I love Jalen Waddle trade to Miami because with Tua being there, if they double team Hill, then they could go. Then uh, Tua could throw to his uh, Alabama teammate Jalen Waddle. But yeah. I don't know with Teddy Bridgewater being there. Yeah, uh, what it's going to be like. So I think the Jets are playing with a sense of confidence. You know, being at home, I think they could pull this one out for sure. Yeah, the sample size against the Bengals wasn't looking good for Teddy, and you know, again, it was only a couple of snaps in the Bills when two was out, but that was also a really bad sample size. So it might be it's a completely different offense now. If two was playing, I see the Dolphins win this one with these because he's looking really he was looking really well in Mike McDaniel's offense, but this one. Not too sure. I'm going to go with the Jets here to get this win, and they could yeah. be looking at above 500, which you know what. Who would have thought? <laughs> the Falcons will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, people are saying, well, can Tom Brady go 0-3 in the last three weeks? I don't think so. The Falcons, they have a solid roster on offense, too. Again, the core play Mariota, eh, not the long-term answer. But I think the Buccaneers come back here. 
and get another W back in their comm, which is much needed for them too. So I'm going to easily say the Buccaneers win this one. Falcons have been a nice surprise so far in the early going. Here's the problem, though. No Cordell Patterson. He's been one of the best running backs so far in the early going. He was put on IR. Uh, that means more. That means that it's going to be more pressure on Marcus Mariota against that against that defense. Ugh, not going to be pretty. This could be. This could be. This could be an ugly one. I, I love Tampa in this matchup. Uh, the Titans will be going to Washington to be playing the uh, Commanders. This this is the, this is the game. Actually, the next one too. Even though I know this is the game where it's like this, I have no desire. <laughs> to this win. is must miss TV. I mean, I feel bad. For, <laughs> I right. No I mean, I feel, I feel bad for Andrew Catalan and uh, James Lofton and Amanda Renner on the NFL and CBS who have to call this yeah. one. But. You know, and then you know it's unfair because I actually I actually like Terry McLaurin a lot too. But that's the only player I like out of both these teams completely. I, and don't be surprised a 12-10 final for the uh, Titans. We're gonna get a we're gonna get a score gami here. Uh, yeah. I twelve. Uh, I don't know. Twelve ten is a score, Gami, but don't. I, 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 I don't I expect a lot of points in this one. I, I, I'd be well. Then again, watch it be forty eight, forty five like last week. But yeah, yeah not, not going to be the prettiest matchup in the world. Again, football. You pick the tie. I, I got I'm contractually obligated to pick a team here, as Tom tells me we're picking games. Well, see oh. if I. Well, if we're doing it with the spread, I would take Washington because I think they're getting two and a half, and I'm saying twelve ten. But no, I. Uh, Washington's been such a mess so far. Yeah, I'm gonna go Titans too. I don't like it, but I'm gonna no, go my confidence level on a scale of one to one hundred is like three. No, I'm I'm right there with you. It's like I had to pick the Titans, but I'm not loving it. Texans will be going to Jacksonville playing the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Now, if this was two years ago, I'd say this is a snooze fest, but I actually like watching the Jaguars play right now. They're looking really good. Texans, they had a nice little story here here and there. Too. They haven't won a game, but they were in close a couple here and then. They did a tie that week one yep. tie, never forget. But I think the Jaguars won this one. I, I think they win this one. Again, yeah, I, again, we totally agree. Texans have been in all these games. Uh, I, I think they can be in this one too, but I think this is a good spot for the Jaguars to bounce back here. Yeah, keep, keep an eye on Damian Pierce, though, for the Texans. He is looking like a really – he's starting to come into his own. He look, yep. He's going to look like a really good back in this league. Uh, yes. The 49ers will be playing the Carolina Panthers. <sighs> Easily, 49ers. Panthers. Oh, this, is, this is such a bad matchup for Baker Mayfield. This is so, I, I, you got to feel for Baker, too. Baker's this, 31st in the league in completion percentage. I mean, they'll be calling for – if they don't call for Matt Rule's head, they're going to be calling for P.J. Walker, or they might be dialing up the phone here, and they might be calling for Cam Newton again on line three for a third tour. Right. It's going to be this bad. You know what? Bring – you know what? Why not? To if I feel for Baker, I feel for Baker. He's put in this situation for Carolina too, and you know what we say with Frank Wright, but Matt Rule hey, might be in that too. I have, been, coach. I have been so wrong. You know, now I live here in South Carolina, so I do follow a lot of Carolina Panthers games up there in North Carolina. But and I had Carolina in my predictions in my preseason picks this year, winning eight games. So far, that's looked awful. Yeah, uh, they got that one win against the Saints. So give Yeah, it a- <laughs> and, and you know, Christian McCaffrey's been banged up in practice the last two weeks, and it looks like he's awesome. taken a bit of a hit. Uh, you know, they've got some players on the offense, but Baker's just not getting the ball to them. And against this defense, I know it's a short week for the Niners, and they're traveling cross-country, but this is not an early window game. Uh, I think they – I think it's – you're looking at another two-score game here for a West Coast opponent going into Carolina. I'm going to take the 49ers. I got the Cowboys. We'll be going to L.A. to play the Rams. Johnny, I, I you know, the Rams, we talked about it. They struggled against the Niners. I think I'm, you know, Cooper Rush, I think he's, he's playing because I know Jack wants to come back, but Cooper Rush has been looking good as their quarterback. He's been looking good. He's played well enough. I mean, what I think 
what they've been able to do, what he's been able to do really is not even need to throw a deep ball because he just throws to his receivers and they get a lot of yards after the catch. Uh, maybe you, you can do that again against this, this Rams defense. Uh, so I, I, boy, I, I tell you, I mean, if they continue to play like that, I think Dallas can get this one done again. I, I might go Cowboys here. Cause I'm really thinking, I'm like, do I really pick against the Rams? I'm like, you know what? They, I'm going Cowboys. I'm going to have to it's go. Tough with that kind of defense. I mean, that the three man defense of Wagner, uh, Ramsey, and that they have, and uh, Donald over there in in LA. But I mean, the team's just been a major disappointment. I think you're getting them at the right. I think Dallas is getting them at the right time, and they have the they've shown the the way they can win games with with Rush under center. Looking good, and then uh, Eagles will be playing the Arizona Cardinals. Eagles, I think they're keeping an undefeated streak going. They're going to win against the Cardinals. The Cardinals, it's weird because one week they look great, and then the next week they look, eh. You know, it's like they go up and down and up and down. Kyler Murray has his moments. He can struggle a little bit here and there. Cliff Kingsbury looks like a genius coach at times, and there's times where he's making some weird decisions and, like, what are you doing? So it's just they're the Cardinals are very up and down. They've been like this for a while, too. But the Eagles have been nice and consistent. I'm a big fan, like I said, of Jalen Hurts. I love the A.J. Brown acquisition. Him and Devonta Smith's a very good duo. The defense is looking good from top to bottom. I really don't see a weakness in this team. I got the Eagles win as one with ease against the I, I Yeah, again, we we agree. I, I, unless Kyler Murray's going to do it all, which he's had to do in these early goings. I mean, I, I think the Cardinals are trying to tread water here until DeAndre Hopkins returns from his suspension. That's but right. That's right. I don't think it's going to be enough against against Philadelphia. I think they, they do win this one. And then the Sunday night, the last Sunday matchup, my Baltimore Ravens will be hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens have announced they're wearing their all-black uniforms, so they know they're going to look good. They look good. They play good. They had that They had that bad loss against the Bills. You know what? Am I sticking with my Ravens fandom here? I, it's going to be – this is going to be a really good and close Sunday night football matchup. This is probably yeah. going to go down to a field goal, maybe a last-second touchdown or something. This is going to be um, – this is going to be less than a – this is going to be like – win by six or three or something it's gonna be a very very close game i got the ravens pulling this one out i think lamar's gonna have a great game he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a nice one the defense they might struggle here and there against guys like t higgins and jamar chase but i think lamar and the offense hold it down you're gonna see big game out of jk dobbins this week yeah if you look at cincinnati i mean they've got to get jamar chase going here a little bit he's been he's been kind of quiet these last couple of weeks i think the Bengals are starting to finally figure it out a little bit here uh, they've had the extra days off since they haven't played since last Thursday night, but I agree. This could come down to, you know, whoever has the ball last. And you know what? Both of these, both of these teams have very clutch field goal kickers, you know, McPherson. And obviously we know Justin Tucker over there with the Ravens. Uh, I think this, this is going to be very, very close. I think the rate, I give the Ravens the slight advantage here. And that's what I like to hear. And then finally, the Monday night football matchup, the last game of the weekend, the Las Vegas Raiders will be going Two hour had to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Ugh. The Raiders, they had that win, yes. But no, people, they are not for real. I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning this one. You know what? Honestly, it might be with ease, in my opinion, too, because they looked really good last week. And I think this is going to be an easy win for the Chiefs. Yeah. Not gonna, this is not going to be a pretty one. This one is this is something you probably could turn off by halftime. I think <laughs> it gets to be like that. Uh now, granted, I know that. The Chargers did give the Chiefs a run for their money there uh, on the Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago, but this is a different situation here. Uh, Raiders have still have a lot of problems. Chiefs are playing very, very well right now, and again, very tough place to play in prime time there on Monday night. I, I love Kansas City. And that wraps it up for our Week 5 slate, and that wraps it up for the show, Johnny. That wraps it up. I think we had, I think we had a good one here. It was a good it was the first time hosting, I think, 
I think it did a solid job. Johnny, you held it down for me, so I, I couldn't have asked for a better person to be with for for my debut hosting gig. So oh, like, thank Johnny, you, Funds. And I have to say, you 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 sounded like a veteran, like you've been doing this for ten years. So oh, awesome yeah, well, I, I'm I'm used to doing like little, like pre-recorded or like uh, side co-hosting, but doing the main show review and preview. The bread yeah. and butter, you know what I mean? Like the bread and butter that started it all, too. It's like a lot of pressure. Absolutely, yep. A lot of pressure, but I think we did. We both did good it, here, it, it, it was great to be on with you, Fonz. Yes, I had a blast. And that really went by really quick, I have to say. It really it really did. But uh, everybody here, thank you so much for checking out here. Review preview for audio listeners. You can check us out live every Wednesday. You can check out a bunch of other shows here, too. Four Corners, Pucking Around, uh, Hitting for the Cycle, Big Blue Avenue, Out of Lion, of course, Review and preview. We got a bunch of stuff here. You can follow everything. Review and preview. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you get your podcast. If you just type in review and preview, you're going to see any show from review and preview. It's very easy. Johnny, you want anything to plug? You go right ahead. You got any parting words for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm on uh, Game On, which is, airs on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern over on the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. Uh, where we look at games past, look ahead to games ahead, talk about all the latest sports news. And now you've got all these, um, you know, you've got college football still going on. You've got now hockey starting up next week. You've got obviously the baseball playoffs. You've got basketball coming up soon. So in many ways, we're just getting started over there. You know, I also there, I have Monty moments that I do on college. We've got pro picks that we do on Fridays there. And uh, yeah, so uh, check check me out over there, and of course check me out here because I come back every now and then to help you guys out as well. Where I where I started it eleven years ago, uh, it's always good to come back home. And um, yeah, fine, this was great. So thanks for having me on tonight. Absolutely, one of, one of the OGs and Johnny Montavano here, and I'm Fonz DeFalco. We're signing off. Have a good day, a good night, a good evening. Whenever you're going to rewatch this video or listen to the <laughs> podcast, or if you're tuning in live right now, we greatly appreciate all the love and support. We'll catch you guys next week. See you around, everybody. Bye, folks.